Glad you're here. Say amen. Thank God. And I'm glad for people tuning in. I don't say that often enough, I'm sure, watching Facebook and listening in on sermon audio, but I, I certainly am. I think it's better if you're in the house of the Lord, but if you can't be, we're thankful that people do what, do what they do. Book of John, chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 17. You might be able to quote it. I think I could, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to continue discussing the dispensation of grace. We've been looking at dispensational truths. And since the last time I taught, the Lord has laid on my heart to do the series out of the book of Matthew, chapter 13, on the mystery parable of the kingdom. So what I was going to do in the latter part of this discussion on the dispensation of grace, I'm not going to do that. I'll do it from the pulpit in a, in a little more entailed and in-depth way than what I would have done here and intended to do. But we're going to talk about at least three things that I think are extremely important. Folks, listen, I was talking to a preacher friend of mine, Brother David Gerald of North Carolina this afternoon, and I'm telling you, I got so excited I had to take a clonopin. I mean, my blood pressure went up. I mean, I get excited about this stuff. And why wouldn't I? I mean, I'm sitting there talking about the Word of God, sitting there talking about things that mark and point to the sure, the soon, and certain coming of Jesus. Why wouldn't my blood pressure go up? I want to see people saved. And, and, and I, 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 think, I think the longer I go, the further I go, or the farther I go, I don't know which is the right word, farther, I guess, it seems like I see more and come to understand more than ever before. But listen now, I, I may not be here when the rapture happens. I told somebody to tell them when they did my funeral if I'm here, two things. Number one, tell them he said he's surprised. Surprised that I didn't go on the rapture. And by the way, another thing, I want you all to sing at my wake. Y'all going to start singing about 20 minutes before the service starts, and y'all just sing it out, do you hear me? I mean just sing it out like y'all did. I was so proud of y'all last night. My word, son, listen, God spoke to my heart about something that was just precious to me. I'll not tell you what it was, but it was precious to me, something that I knew God confirmed. But the first note you hit on that, my papa would have called it piani or piani. Uh, uh, it, I mean, it was on. Do you hear me? Hey, look, everybody look up here and listen. Everybody looking up and listening, say, amen. We got a touch on us here at Roxalana. And don't take it for granted. Y'all hear me say that? We're not perfect by far, but I'll tell you, God is in this place and on the ministry that he's called us to. And I'm thankful for that. That's important. I'm, not, I'm glad we're not like somebody that's just fighting the air. But we're going to look at three things that, that, that are a part of how this dispensation we're in. Now we know the first dispensation, dispensations of innocence, went to conscience, went to, uh, to uh, human government, went to promise. We looked at the dispensation of law. We're now looking at the dispensation of grace. And I've said something repetitively, but I'm going to ask you as a question. How will all the dispensations end? Will they end successfully or some other way? How will they end? Bad. In rebellion. They will end in rebellion, every one of them. And this present, current dispensation that we are in, known as the dispensation of grace and or the church age, it's going to end the same way. Now I'm going to make a statement here. I'm going to try to clarify it as I go along. 
this dispensation is going to end in the great apostasy. 2 Thessalonians, we'll look at it in a minute, chapter 2, verse 3, where he said that there would come a falling away, which in the Greek is apostasy, and there is a V with it, which is a definitive uh, a term, which means a one-of-a-kind falling away. Hey, listen, folks, I've said it in this pulpit time and again. It's like I want to say it brand new every time the Lord lays it on my heart. We are in that apostasy. I am as sure of that as I am sure of anything. And hopefully tonight we'll see some ways that, uh, that it is. But this, this church age is going to end in apostasy. Now look, the church that is blood-washed, redeemed, spirit-filled, names recorded in the Lamb's book of life, the one that's going to hear the trumpet sound and the sound of the voice of the archangel, it's going to go out of here before long. That's not going to end in apostasy, but the Laodicean church phase of the church age will end in apostasy. Now, y'all are awful quiet. If nothing else, did you hear me say amen? I believe the Word of God points that out without a doubt. Now, there's a lot of Philadelphia church members, and that's who we are. But listen, folks. I have watched some things on the... I'm telling you what's on the internet is amazing. It is frightening. It is sickening. I mean, it's ungodly. I, I, I saw, and, and I, I, this is why I have trouble getting through anything. I saw yesterday a video of a... And I'm using these terms lightly as I use them in relationship, and I'm going to tell you a pastor of a Methodist church was interviewing a transgender man who was dressed as a woman who is a ministry student who had been ordained to preach, if I get it right. And uh, there were two kids sitting in the background, two small children. I'm going to tell you what, this most ungodly time your pastor has ever seen in his life. Wendell, I'll try to find that. I, I remember seeing Phil was interviewed by Hannity, I think it was, he was talking about that and I forgot it. I'm not a Phil fan either in a lot of ways, but I'll tell you what, you probably ought to watch that. Debbie and I watched some things in Laura Ingram last night. Folks, it is so ungodly in this world, the agenda the devil is fueling and firing, fanning and flaming and pushing and pressing. We need to get our eyes open. And we need, listen, we need to know this book. Now y'all may think, preacher, you're just, you're just showing yourself, hey folks, I am not. I'm telling you we're in a serious hour. And what, one of the, you know one of the things that concerns me most about this is so many Christians, I'm not saying you all, you are here on a Wednesday night. Y'all know people that come on Sunday morning, love their kids, Sunday night, love their pastor, Wednesday night, love their Lord. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not, but I like it anyway. It makes a lot of sense to me. You all were here. But can I tell you, there's a lot of people that name the name of the Christ, name the name of Christ, think that when I begin to talk like this, you're crazy. It just goes right over them. They have no concern. They think, man, you're a fool. I may be, but I'm a fool for Christ. We'll just leave it back. Listen to what he said, and I'll try to get in this. Lord, I'd like to have two hours with you tonight. Verse 11, he said, For the law came 
or was given by Moses, the grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And as I've told you as we started this whole lesson on the dispensation of grace, that grace has always been a part of God's plan. It's already always been manifest from the garden to the present day. But what makes this a special time is, let me read that to you again since nobody got it but me. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. From the time that we started on this dispensation, we learned that grace has been around. It was even, it was even active in the days of the law. When, when God had given the law at the foot of Mount Sinai to the children of Israel, it was back in the days of Abraham, back in the days of Adam and Eve, back in the days of Noah, and it will be in, in, in action in the millennium, in the days that are yet to come, but as a ruling principle of how God deals with people, grace is it in this age. And I'm telling you folks, you ought to get up and take a lap and shout a while. I mean, grace, do you remember what it is? It is a gift, unmerited favor. Somebody gave it the acrostic, God's riches at Christ's expense, and how good that that is. It's something that God extended to an enemy with no expectation of anything in return. It is a gift. We're saved by grace through faith, without a doubt. So it's a great thing to be in this age of grace. And look, man, how broken man is. Even in this age of grace, it's going to end in disgrace. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Look, if you will, while you're so close to Luke 18 and 8. I've given you this verse time and again, mark it. They tell me the way that this verse is, is structured in the Greek language, that it demands, demands, don't you listen to that, demands the way that verb and, and uh, nouns are structured in the Greek, the certain tense and all of this kind of thing. I can't explain the English language, let alone the Greek language, but the scholars that know it say that it demands a negative answer. Now, I wish I could pinpoint uh, the people that Jesus is referring to here, the time and all about it, but he asked the question, when the Son of Man come, will he find, a faith, will he find faith on the earth? Now, listen to what I'm going to tell you. The church is going to meet Jesus in the air. It's gone. It's got faith. There's no way that we please God without faith, Hebrews 11 and, and 6 tells us. So when the church is gone, he's going to be dealing with another people. And when Jesus comes in the revelation, in his epiphany, when he comes revealed in the book of, what is it, Revelation 1, 5, he's going to ask a question that's, listen now, right at the end of the church age, when the Laodicean church is in charge totally, and the tribulation is ready, uh, is, is onsetting all the way down to the end of it, when he comes to Revelation 19, will he find faith on the earth? I mean, that, that's a question. It says, when the Son of Man come, will he find faith on the earth? They say it demands a no answer. Now, that's phenomenal to me. I don't know about you all, but that's the kind of verse that lays on my heart all the time. I'm always looking for an answer and help. So, look, how many of y'all have heard the word convergence? Can I tell y'all some things about why I believe we're living in the last days? Y'all have heard a lot of them, but I just want to repeat them because I like saying them. Do y'all know before 1917 that there was probably 
no real sign that somebody could point out and say, I believe the Lord's ready to come. Did y'all know that? Now somebody tell us what happened in 1917. Give you an A plus and a gold star. What was the bow for declaration, Steve? I mean, that's important, brother. I mean, it's amazingly important. Lord Balfour in the parliament uh, in, in England declared that the nation of Israel, the Palestinians they call them, need a homeland for the Jews. And they made a direct declaration of it, began to start working towards that end. What happened May 14, 1948? Hoisted that flag, declared themselves after almost 2,000 years a sovereign, independent nation. Can I tell you all something that I learned about the diaspora? And the diaspora is when God scattered the nation of Israel into all the world. Can I tell you why God did that? He did that in order to preserve His people. If you go on tonight and read Ezekiel chapter 37, you'll find that they were buried... Not literally, and yet a lot of them literally died there, and they were buried among the nation. But in a spiritual sense, they were buried among the nations. And in God scattering them as He did, it assured, friend, listen, the continuation of the Jewish nation. God's wisdom is just mind-blowing. He does some of the greatest things in the simplest ways. It, it's just phenomenal to me. So look. May 14, 1948 was not the fulfillment of the prophecy of Ezekiel 38, but it was the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophecy of Ezekiel 38. Now look, I wasn't around in 48. How many of y'all were? Put your hand up. How many of y'all were? You, you, you all were, listen, alive at one of the greatest fulfillments of Bible prophecy that man has ever known. It, it is amazing, friend. I was alive in 67. I was 14 years old. I remember the Six-Day War, had no idea of the significance of it. But I honestly believe that's where God pulled the, 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 the uh, knob out on his prophetic alarm clock and it began to tick towards the end. And that, listen, in that Six-Day War, I believe it was on June the 7th maybe, can't remember exactly for sure, they were able to lay claim to Jerusalem as their capital city once again. Pretty amazing stuff. Can somebody tell me the year because I cannot recall it? And thank God whether you like him or not, whether you like his text or not, he did some good things when Donald Trump declared that Jerusalem is going to be the place for the um, uh, uh, embassy of the United States of America. Does anybody remember what year it was? 20 what? Alright. We need to find out. I need to find out. Can I tell you that's another, that was prophecy. I mean to tell you, friend, listen, we, I believe with all of my heart we're right up against the second coming of Christ. But let me give you one that kind of may surprise you. Turn to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. I don't, I don't say much about this. I haven't, but I probably ought to. Somebody going to say something? I don't mean that mean. I know it's funny, but I don't know. The Bible said he just, he's going to choose 
12,000 out of each of the 12 tribes of Israel. You'll hear people talk about the lost tribes of Israel. Hey, God knows where they're at. They're not lost. Just like they talk about the lost books of the Bible, the Apocrypha. Those aren't lost books of the Bible. They were never intended to be in the final canon of Scripture. If they were, they would be included. The Catholics got another thing wrong because they're in their Bible. What a surprise. I don't know what his criteria is. I can tell you what he's going to do with them, how he's going to preserve them, how he's going to seal them, that they are virgins, that they are going to be evangelists. And that's what God intended the nation of Israel to be from the beginning, evangelists to tell the world that had gone from monotheism to a polytheism, that there was one true God, and if you want to really know him, you can know him through the Jews. Hey, I'm getting excited. In the, in the days that are yet to come, in the time of, 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 of the millennial, I think, there will be ten people grab the code of one Jew and says, Hey, take us to Jerusalem. Let us know about your God. So they're going to be evangelists that will be preaching not the gospel of the grace of God, but the gospel of the kingdom of God. 2017. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. That's a good use of your cell phone, by the way. Okay, Taking a text isn't, but doing something. 2017. I'll do my best to remember that. Ought to be able to do that remarkable day mark it down you can even somebody look real quick in 2012 when the uh, Supreme Court signed into law gay marriages and I'll tell you bless God when 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 God listen started withdrawing his hand from America because that's part of what I want to study in this I believe that with all for years I wondered God bless America I used to pray that prayer. you know what I pray about America now God you strengthen those those that remain. I believe with all of my heart, friend, you can check me out. Look at the timeline. Watch how this thing has started to decay and corrupt in an exponential way in the last 20 years. You go back to whatever day it was in 2012 when the Supreme Court said it's okay for a man to marry a man, a woman to marry a woman against the edict of Almighty God. And our then President Obama lit the White House up in rainbow colors. I'm going to tell you something, friend. I believe that's the day that God began to withdraw His Spirit from America. What was it? I thought it was June 2015, not 2012. 2015. I got that one wrong. My memory's not too good. 2015, 2017. I'll do better. So y'all remember it too and help me. We ought to remember these kind of things. Ought to remember. They, they are important. Look at look at this. Right, now look, I almost step on somebody's toes, and that's all right. That's what I'm called to do. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. If you got stock in Disney, you ought to sell it. You got a timeshare at Disney, you ought to give it away. If you do anything to support Disney, shame on us. I've got it off my cable. I've got it, I've got it deleted out, even for the grandkids. We don't watch, we don't watch the movies anymore, do we, Debbie? And that's a shame. How many of you remember Walt Disney? I bet he's rolling over in his grave like a, like a chicken on a rotisserie. I mean, he was family-oriented. Can I tell you where Disney's at? They're against family. The devil, listen, has let, no bars held. 
he is doing his utmost to destroy the families in America and around the world, and he's after yours. Never doubt it. Like, can, can I tell you, look, since I'm teaching, I'm a pastor, I can. Do y'all know what I believe they're doing in our schools with these five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds? They are committing, listen, sexual abuse on those kids. I'm an LPC, a licensed professional counselor. I have educated person after person after person what constitutes sexual abuse. It's not always with a touch. It's not always with an act. But if for gratification from an elder to a younger, they present them pornography, if they instigate any kind of sexual innuendos that troubles these kids, that is sexual abuse. And we've got people in our nation today that should be teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic that are committing sexual abuse on our kids. And nothing's happening to them. That tells you what a perverted, amoral society we become. Amoral is worse than immoral. Y'all do know that. Look what he said in the book of 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now listen to this. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. What, what's the word expressly means? Anybody want to guess? Specifically, exactly, directly. Let there be no doubt that this is associated with and pointing to a specific time. Listen, he said, The Spirit express, speaketh expressly that in the latter times. Where are we at today? In the latter times. That some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, which is demons. Now let me ask y'all, what was Disney known for when Walt was around? Wholesome family ideas, right? Y'all know what he's all about today? Witchcraft, sorcery, uh, homosexuality, and that's out of the pits of hell. Hey, this Harry out of hell Potter stuff, it's gotten so popular, and I, I would be ashamed if I were a parent or a grandparent if I bought those series of books or those videos for my children or grandchildren, and you call yourself a Christian, I'd be doing some repenting. Oh, that's quiet, isn't it? I'm just trying to help us, folks. The devil's out to take our kids to hell, people, any way he can. And all you see on Disney now, friend, listen, it used to be innocent when Tinkerbell was flying around using her magic wand and, and spreading Dixie dust or pixie dust or twinkle dust. I don't know what it was. It was dust. That's all I can tell you. I mean to tell you, friend. We're, we are up against it. We need to get our head out of the sand. We need to know this book. We need to know what this book says. And we're there. Now that's one of the... Hey, look. I was guilty when I was early saved of reading the horoscope. No more. The stars don't control our life. Thank God, they're a mess sometimes, it seems to me. I'm glad, listen, I'm, look, 
do some looking and reading. You can find some good stuff on the internet on the word convergence. And reread 2 Timothy chapter 3. Count the number of characteristics in those verses from all verse 1 down along about verse 7 or 8 or 9 right on down through there. And remember now, remember he said in verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving men deceive. Can I tell you, I hate to say this, the church age isn't going to end in a big great revival. Y'all hear preachers preach that all the time, even good preachers. I, I won't call their names because I love them. And I, 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 I listen to them and I'll continue to do that, but I believe they're wrong. There's some good men that believe, friend, that the church age is going to end in a revival. If I read my book right, it's going. And I've got a ton of great godly men that would agree with me or would allow me to agree with them. It's exciting. How many of you looking for him to come say amen? Hey, if we are, we ought to try to get our family saved. There ought not to be a member of our, please listen, there ought not to be a member of our family that we couldn't say for sure, I know whether they're saved or not. Now, they may not be saved, but it's our privilege and even our responsibility present the gospel to them and ask them if they'll accept it. And by the way, Mike's not saved. According to his testimony to me and Debbie, I asked him. Now, I take no joy in that, telling him. But he, he left me and my beloved with no doubt. Now, he was kind and generous and gracious to talk to me and listen. But he had no desire yet. But the seed got planted, so we'll live and hope and pray. And I want to come by and talk to him so, I've not said all I wanted. Maybe y'all think I've already said too much. Let's stand.